the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, good afternoon everyone. Welcome to an early edition and the final edition of 2023 of uh, Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year and also Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre serving WA for over 45 years. And thanks to our two great sponsors that have supported Sports Day WA during the course of 2023. We'll talk more about them a bit later on. Well, the weather is just downright perfect, isn't it, at the moment in Perth? Early 30s, it'll be around that and high 20s for the first test that gets underway between Australia and Pakistan here at Optus Stadium on Thursday. First ball to be bowled at 20 minutes past 10. And, of course, SEN has just got a massive, massive presence when it comes to cricket this summer with the Test Series involving Pakistan and the West Indies. We've also got the Big Bash that's currently uh, just commenced. And as we know, on the 20th of December, the Perth Scorchers will play their very first uh, BBL match at this venue, playing their first two games away because of the presence of the Test match here at Optus Stadium. The man that heads SEN's coverage of the cricket is Adam Collins. And he's made his time available to join us on the program now to preview the match that starts on Thursday. Adam, thanks for your time. Great to be on with you. Pleased to hear it's perfect conditions in Perth. I'm uh, flying in tomorrow morning. Uh, you'll absolutely cherish it. I don't think I've seen a cloud in the sky for days. Blue skies, plenty of sunshine. As they say in cricket, it's going to be a great seeing day for the batsmen. Mm. There should be no complaints. And saying that... What do you expect from the respective batting lineups? Australia, we know more about than maybe Pakistan. Yeah, that's true. I think it was quite important for Pakistan in the tour game last week to get runs out of Shah Massoud, their new captain. The reason being is he's got a middling test record with a really high ceiling. So Shah Massoud had one year where he was an exceptional test opener. That's going back to the pandemic year of 2020. He made three centuries in that stretch of time, including a big one against India at Old Trafford on a seeming pitch. And he looks like he was going to go on to be one of the most important openers in the world. But a loss of form, saw him lose his spot out in the wilderness a little bit, playing county cricket. Uh, but he's got back into the test side. They've made him captain. The thing with Shah Massoud is they see him as a really important leader as well. He grew up in England. Um, has always wanted to um, play test cricket. It's the form of the game he's best suited to. And he made 201 not out against the Prime Minister's 11 at Manuka in Canberra last week. So just having had the muscle memory of making big runs already in the tour, in the only tour game, I think is as important as anything that's happened so far for Pakistan on tour. i tell you what's interesting about Pakistan. You just don't know what you're going to get. And let's hope they come here and the three-test series is a really exciting one, keenly fought, and they really do stand up because there has been times where they've looked unbeatable and there's other times where they've been far from the best. Uh, what do you hope to see in this three-test series before, of course, we play the final two against the West Indies? Uh, like you, I just want it to be competitive. I mean, I, I've fallen into the trap in the past, I've got to say, of, of really talking up the prospects of Pakistan in Australia. I did so in 16, 17, and again, when they were here back in 2019, I felt like on paper, as you say there, they're capable of being world beaters. And for whatever reason, Australia's been their kryptonite in Australia. They've only won four test matches here ever. 
the most recent of those was at Sydney in October 1995, so nearly three decades since they've won a test match in this country and a lot of series in between. So it's been something of a bogey team for them, playing Australia in Australia. Um, I'd love to see them turn that on its head and be super competitive over the next three weeks. However, um, I think on balance of probabilities, it'll end up being one of those summers where Australian batsmen can fill their boots and they'd love that in a World Test Championship context, having lost a little bit of paint over in England, both by not blitzing the series after going up 2-0 and also losing some points due to slow over rates. They, they do need to make the most of this home summer against Pakistan and the West Indies. Well, the game has re, been rebadged as the West Test, I suppose, to dif- differentiate itself, uh, like the Sydney Pink Test, the MCG Boxing Test and Adelaide's Day-Night Test, and they've all been very successful. Saying that, the marketing's been quite extensive here in Perth to get people along to Optus Stadium because we had the West Indies Test match last summer and it failed to really create a lot of interest. I'll tell you what would have created a lot of interest here in Western Australia is to have let Lance Morris just go at the Pakistan batsman, the quickest bowler in Australia at the moment, I would have given him a go on this fast, pacey Optus Stadium wicket. Yeah, look, I, I absolutely understand the perspective. It would have been a bit stiff for the big three, though, asking them to miss the first test of the summer uh, on the basis of trying to satisfy the parochial interest of West Australian fans. Although I, I, I like what you're saying, it would have probably enhanced the crowd having a WA boy make his test debut in the first test of, of summer 23-24. But uh, look, Cummins is the captain. Stark's been outstanding over the last few years. And Josh Hazelwood, um, under the radar a little bit in terms of uh, he's achieved a lot in, in, in white ball cricket, a couple of World Cups to his name now. Um, but he's not played a lot of test cricket in Australia in the last three summers, suffering from back-to-back injury, injury-riddled uh, campaigns. So he'll be desperate to play test cricket at home, the form of the game where he earns his money, uh, and, and he's not going to see the spot on the basis of trying to blood a new player when he, he would feel like he's still at the very much the peak of his powers. be great to see spinner Nathan Lyon back who could join some very elite company if he snares. Was it three wickets? I think he's on 496, I think, from memory. Uh, but, yes, you're right. He's a, he's a good day at the office away from uh, becoming uh, one of only a handful of players who've taken 500 in test cricket. I was there at Lords in 2005 when Glenn McGrath reached that milestone and it was seen as such an enormous thing for him to do so. Well, you know, Glenn McGrath was um, the leader of the attack and the best in the world at what he did for so long. A bit of a different story with Lyon. I mean, I know he's been the, uh, he's been the predominant Australian spinner for the entirety of his career with the exception of a couple of iffy months in 2013. But so many people have doubted him. So many people have underestimated him. I don't think there are many people doing that anymore. After going down at Lords in that uh, second Ashes test and how much Australia missed him, I think it was a case of absence making the heart grow fonder. Uh, and now Lyon is back. Um, he, he will be uh, one of the first names on the team sheet throughout the summer. And reaching that milestone will be a huge deal. Were you surprised by the comments of uh, ex-Australian and West Australian and Queensland fast bowler for that matter, Mitchell Johnson? Uh, certainly, I know Dave Warne has been a bit divisive uh, as an opener. What are you, what's your spin on it all? Oh, look, I think that Mitch has shown over the last couple of years that he's willing to be a forthright, punchy columnist, and we should encourage that um, from our columnists in the media. It's important that former, say, former players uh, feel free to have their say and to make strident points when they feel they need to make it. I think he said in his podcast last week, there are some bits of that column you might want to have back. And of course, it's ended up filling the vacuum as far as the news cycle is concerned. 
over the course of the last two weeks, especially the more personal comments directed towards George Bailey uh, and the way that tit-for-tat played out in the media. And David Warner played a pretty straight bat last week at that sponsor's function or the broadcaster function when he was able to speak on the matter, not wanting to fuel it any further. So, look, I I think that both things can be true at the same time, that we want Mitch to get out there and say what he thinks, uh, but also that people on the other side of it are entitled to criticise the criticism, if you want. That's part and parcel of being in the public domain and having a column that what you say will in turn be criticised too. So um, that's the rough and tumble of the cricket media in, in this country and, and that's part of why we love this time of year. Okay, and just a couple of final questions, Adam, if I may. Mitch Marsh gets the all-rounders gig and all of a sudden Cam Green, who was going to be the all-rounder for years to come, is finding it difficult to get back in the Australian lineup. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, Green is the player they've invested more time and resources into than anybody in this Australian side over the last three summers, for good reason. They know Cam Green's going to be a long-term 10 to maybe even 15-year player, uh, and they've given him every opportunity, and they'll continue to do so. This is more to do with the fact that Mitch Marsh has to be selected on the basis of what he did in England across those three test matches at Leeds, Manchester, and the Oval. It would have been unjust for Mitch Marsh to have lost his spot He's seen as a leader across three formats. He's been the vice captain of this test side earlier in his career, but he's already the white ball captain or the T20 captain, rather. He'll be the one-day captain in the fullness of time, and they see him as a leader in that dressing room at the, at, kind of the peak of his powers at age 32. Whereas Cam Green, they're going to have to find a creative way of getting him in the side this summer. It may well prove to be that David Warner finishing up at the Sydney test opens the door for Cam Green to play a slightly different role against the West Indies. And if that happens at this point of his career, that might be a good thing. Mm. If he turns into a makeshift opener or if he has to bat out of that all round the spot, who knows in the long run what that might do to develop him and make him the finished product. So, look, a lot of water to go under the bridge between now and that um, West Indies series three test matches from now. Someone might step on a cricket ball at training tomorrow and he might be playing the first test in two days' time. But all things being equal, um, you would think that there'll be room for Cam Green later in the summer. Uh, and for the time being, Mitch Marsh quite right uh, to have the spot and the opportunity to make the most of it. Just had a look, actually, because we're based here at Optus Stadium, our broadcast studios here for SENWA, and I've just seen Andrew McDonald and a couple of the Australian boys actually just uh, wander past on the way, no doubt, to a net session here at Optus Stadium. So a bit of a session coming up for the Aussies. Whether it's just optional, whether it's a full squad, I'm not sure, but there was a couple just wandering past. It's uh, Pakistan haven't played a test match here in Perth almost 20 years, so I gather the local Pakistani community should be out in force to cheer their uh, certainly players. Uh, what are your thoughts? If you had to make a prediction, how do you see the series going, Adam, as we leave you? And we look forward, of course, to anchoring the coverage here on SEN throughout the summer. Yeah, me too. I um, can't wait to get cracking in a couple of days with Jared Waitley and the rest of the team, the former players. It's going to be brilliant. Um, look, the, if, if you gun to my head, I'd probably say 3-0 Australia. I think that's the most likely scenario uh, based on what we were discussing earlier about home ground advantage, Australia being the World Test Champions who really have been fine-tuned beautifully and taken their game to a new level under the captaincy of Pat Cummins, in my view, over the last couple of years. And what they've got going on, I know it's not to everyone's to everyone's um, preference, the way the coaching position got moved on to Andrew McDonald. I know the audience I'm talking to right now, many people would have strong views, but 
um, this is the, the configuration they wanted and it's working for them. So with all of that in mind, they've really got no excuses. This Australian team should be winning 3-0. They should be beating the West Indies 2-0 and they should be giving themselves every opportunity to be in the top two of the World Test Championship for a second cycle in a row and get a chance to defend that title. There's no room for latitude because of that competition. It's so competitive to get into the top two, which is why um, they will be focused on this. My only small little caveat to that is it's a little bit concerning to me the way in which they're built up for this with a lot of white ball cricket, not a lot of red ball cricket for a number of the players. They've come out of a, a 50 over World Cup into this and that's fine. That's just part of modern scheduling. But um, take, take Steve Smith, for example. He played a couple of T20Is in India, flew home, played a big bash game last week, hasn't played a red ball game since July. Um, I'm not saying that'll necessarily affect the former captain. He's so experienced and adept at moving from format to format this deep into his career. But in a perfect world, you'd want to get a couple of red ball games in before playing a test match, the way that, say, England typically tune up for a test series by playing county cricket. And I know some of the Aussies have done that. Usman Khawaja, a good example of this. He made a couple of hundreds for Queensland. There'll be others as well. Um, but yes, that's the, the one small caveat is that there'll be a couple of these Aussie players who, on paper at least, will be a little bit underdone as far as test cricket is concerned. Good stuff. Safe flight west. I think you'll enjoy your time here. The weather's going to be perfect. No threat of any interruptions. I can't remember the last time we saw a drop of rain here, but it's going to be a beautiful uh, five days. Let's hope we play five days, and we're looking forward to a great test match here at Optus Stadium. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Well said. Can't wait to get over there. Good on you. Adam Collins, uh, SEN Cricket Caller, who will anchor the coverage, as you mentioned, with Jared Waitley and all uh, former uh, cricketers, test players that will be part of an extended uh, coverage when it comes to SEN Cricket. Look forward to it. Uh, the first ball is due to be bowled at 20 minutes past 10 on Thursday. And there's been a couple of photos taken of the wicket. And last year, the West Indies-Australia test match, I think, uh, was wrapped up in about four and a half days and took very little turn. In fact, it was a fairly flat wicket, but looks like this one's got a little bit more grass uh, and it looks like uh, grass with a bit of pace and bounce, and that's what people are looking for. And I gather with the Australian pace attack, uh, they'll be hoping to maybe have first use of it, but we'll wait and see. But normally in Australian test matches, the team that wins the toss often bats first. So there may be, and I think that what they're planning to do is for the pitch to maybe break up a bit later in the test match, the fourth or fifth day when the spinners came come into play. So we'll just see how it does eventuate. But I know one of the disappointments of last year against the West Indies is the pitch didn't break up and uh, hence there wasn't a lot of variety in the test match. Uh, it's coming up 18 past one. Uh, this is Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
Just letting you know that uh, Nutrien Ag Solutions uh, going further for Australian farmers. Uh, that was Adam Collins just before the break, the SEN cricket commentator. Make sure you catch up on all the cricket here on SEN's uh, network. The good all for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. The AFL pre-season fixture is out. Uh, Saturday, February 24, West Coast will play Fremantle at Mineral Resources Park. Uh, that game gets underway at quarter to five. On Friday, March the 1st, Port Adelaide will play Fremantle at Alberton Oval. And on Saturday, March the 2nd, Adelaide will play West Coast at Hisense Stadium. So they are the preseason games and very much the same as last year. I think both our clubs played the Adelaide clubs and they played one match against themselves. That's for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. The other... Significant story today as we update sport thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. You don't often see this at a professional unit where the entire West Tigers NRL board has been dismissed in a stunning move following a bombshell internal review. Now, the chairman, Lee Hadjipantelis, and the chief executive, Justin Pascoe, have both departed with the latter reportedly offering his resignation this morning. Now, Hadji Pantelis held his role as chairman for four years. His legal firm, Bryden's Lawyers, is also the Tigers' major sponsor and pays around $1 million a season for a spot on the front of the jersey. Now, his shock departure comes after it was reported last week that there are concerns Bryden's Lawyers may not renew its deal as a major sponsor if Hadji Pantelis is no longer involved with the club. It means the Tigers could be forced to hunt for a new sponsor as well. Now, the Tigers had a board meeting scheduled for tonight, but it's understood it has been done by 24 hours to complete legal documents and allow the club to get its new leadership structure in place. So a big development there in the National Rugby League with the entire West Tigers board dismissed, which is uh, quite interesting indeed. Um also, that's for Polaris plate clearance deals on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 of free accessories. Time out. Uh, 26 past one with uh, Peter Vlahos. And as I mentioned, uh, we've got the cricket test match uh, coming up uh, on Thursday. Gets underway at 10.20. Full coverage here on the SEN Network. And just before we take a break and we come back with uh, speaking to Gary Morocchi about the uh, Perth Glory. Uh, the Perth Glory, as we know, uh, have been going through a little bit of a transitional period. A uh, bit of a bit of a transitional period at the moment, and we'll speak to Gary about uh, that. He's coming up in just uh, a little while. And just some other news where Emma McKeon's Paris Olympics preparations have taken a hit after it was revealed Australia's most decorated Games athlete is battling a torn muscle under an armpit. McKeon was set to race alongside the returning uh, Kate Campbell in last night's 100-metre freestyle heats at the Queensland Swimming Championship in Brisbane, but her lane was empty with the 11-time Olympic medalist coach later confirming she had been withdrawn as a precaution. Michael Bowe said McKeon had been managing a minor tear under an armpit for some weeks and that the medical advice was uh, not to rush her back uh, into competition. 
And as we take the break, of course, Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. We'll take a break uh, here on Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. More of Sports Day WA after the break. Don't go away. The final program for 2023. Final program for the year of Sports Day WA, thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Of course, the summer national competitions continue. One of those is the A-League, and a lot of talk regarding the Perth glory. New coach, still no owners as yet. A lot of new players have come in. And let's just reassess where they sit at this point in time as you head into the Christmas break. One win so far from seven matches. Uh, They've been fairly poor on the road, but they've only lost by the odd goal for the most part. Let's uh, have a chat to the inaugural Perth Glory coach and former soccer captain in Gary Morocchi on the program now. Gary, thanks for your time. Not a problem, Peter. And uh, Merry Christmas to all your listeners as well. Yeah, and to you and your lovely family, Gary. Can I suggest it hasn't been an easy start for Alan Stadjic? Certainly hasn't, Peter. The I, I think the ownership uh, issue has been, uh, you know, a significant factor. You know, not easy with the players not knowing, um, you know, what's in the background. Uh, but obviously, you know, he still would think that you know, they've got a job to do. But you know, it's, you know, not the best circumstances to be playing in at the moment. From what you've seen, and you're a very astute person when it comes to football, what are you seeing with the Perth glory at the moment? As I mentioned, they haven't been blown out of the park, but they haven't been able to secure enough wins in the first seven rounds. It obviously seems to be that there's a lack of quality probably in certain areas of the team. And it's no point having a lot of players of similar ability. You need... You know, you need to have some quality. You only have to look at, uh, you know, Melbourne Victory. They've struggled a bit, but a quality play in Bruno Fornaroli has been hitting the target and, you know, they've got plenty of points. But uh, Gloria's struggling. They're conceding too many soft goals, obviously. Uh, you know, that doesn't help a lot. But, uh, you know, that's obviously with confidence. And, you know, especially on the road, they just don't seem to be able to, uh, you know, string a consistent, uh, you know, 45 minutes uh, together and you know they make a couple of bad errors and you know they go full behind and you know, against the eight ball but uh, you know it's not a you know hopefully this ownership issue you know can get resolved uh, as soon as possible because you know they're playing for a club that they don't know where they get where they're heading yeah and that was bizarre wasn't it all of a sudden the owners were put in place they came over here they met everybody and then all of a sudden the bombshell Dropped. I couldn't believe it gone that far uh, before uh, the uh, APL decided to renege. I couldn't you know, understand it either, Peter. I met the owners at uh, the State Football Centre. Um, you know, and everything seemed very positive. They met the women's team who were training on that day. Uh, but you know, I'd be very critical of the people who were actually running the uh, you know not the um, the A League, but uh, you know the the people that were handling the deal, you know, if there wasn't any money on the table, I'm surprised they made an announcement. You know, they always should have been, uh, you know, sorted out well before making an announcement who the owners of the club were. And, you know, if, if they didn't come to the party with finances after, 
Um, they shouldn't have been able to get to that stage. Uh, yeah, we, you know, I think we've gone back another three months, and you know, the sooner they get a new owner, uh, the better, and the players will have a lot more confidence. You'll see as soon as an ownership is decided, you'll see you know a little bit of more bounce within the team. I would have mm. thought. Mm. Oh, fair call, Gary. Going back to what's happening on field, uh, you've been a coach many times where you've uh, been involved with a squad or you've inherited a certain uh, team. How long does it take to actually get to a level where you're comfortable that the players are adhering to the message and the style of play? If we look abroad, no doubt Ange Postacoglu has brought a brand new method of play to Tottenham Hotspur, and they're still getting used to it, even though the results, for the most part, have been a bit hit and miss. Good early. They had a bit of a a troublesome period during November, and they won against Newcastle at uh, the weekend. What are your thoughts on how much uh, grace Allen should be given, the coach? Well, he's obviously um, had a squad that he's taken over. It's not something that he's actually brought all those players in, but uh, I just think there's a lack of quality in the team. Um, you take, for instance, uh, we've got a very good striker and uh, tag it up front, he doesn't seem to have much support at all. Uh, you know, he can't wear the burden of uh, the team on his shoulders. And, you know, they, they certainly lack, uh, I think they lack another striker. You know, they've played a few players in that role that uh, haven't come up the goods. And I think in midfield, they are lacking a very good uh, playmaker in midfield. That makes a big difference. And uh, defensively, you know, they're not too bad, but they do concede goals are, you know, in very poor situations. But uh, I think if you, you know, you can always work on your defence to, to hold teams out, but you've got to have that attacking flair in your team because goals put pressure on the opposition. If you don't score goals, you're only putting pressure on yourself. The next home game for the Glories in a couple of weeks' time, I think it may be the 23rd, they take on MacArthur. Are you surprised they're top of the league? Well, certainly uh, are, Peter. Uh, the league has obviously got a, quite a few surprises. You only have to look Sydney FC and near, <laughs> down near near the bottom of the ladder. So, uh, you know, there's been you know some uh, you know changes, but uh, I would have confidence in Milay Serjovsky, the coach there. You know, he's an ex-Socceroo that you know he'll get them around, and he's got a squad together. They've got one or two. You know, I'm a very good uh, fan of uh, Ulysses de Villa, the um, South American or the Mexican boy. He's a quality player. And that's what you need in team. A quality player inspires the rest of the team around them. Yeah. Finally, Gary, Newcastle Jets away from home for the glory this week. Uh, the glory currently sitting in 11th position with only the four points, the one win and the draw from seven games. And Newcastle uh, are in eighth position, four points ahead of them. If they're going to turn their away form around, maybe this is the weekend. Well, I totally agree with you, Peter. If we can't beat Newcastle away from home this week, we're in big trouble. Uh, And I think Alan Stagic would be in big trouble as well because that would mean they would probably be uh, rock bottom after the weekend's results. Uh, I know it's an away from home uh, game, but... uh, you know, we've got to start getting points. Otherwise, you know, the season's starting to look, uh, you know, it could be a disaster. You know, we you know, we want to be in the running to get in the top six spots for sure. Mm. Uh, you know, everyone wants to do play, you know, play in the playoffs. So um, if they get beat today, uh, this weekend, the forthcoming game, it's going to make it more difficult, uh, you know, for every game coming up. So yeah. let's hope we can get a good result because it's, 
you know, we want to see the state do well and uh, having a, a glory team that's been successful is certainly what we want. And, uh, you know, I just hope good luck to the guys and good luck to Alan. Make sure, you know, the guys are supporting him. I don't, you know, don't have much involvement at all in what goes on behind the scenes. So let's hope that, you know, they can all pull together. Yeah. We need the result. And, you know, the girls are going very well, Peter. Yeah, so top of the league. Let's hope that the men can start uh, improving as well. All right, Gary, a uh, question without notice. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I believe that Roma and Juventus uh, could be coming to Perth to play. I think it may be May the 30th or somewhere like that here at Optus Stadium. I think Rita Safiotti has uh, had something to do with it. Have you heard any more? And if they do come, do you think it'll be well supported? I, um, I've heard rumours, Peter, and uh, they're definitely pretty strong rumours. So, uh, I'd love to, you know, we, we, I know we get inundated with the Premier League and, you know, but if Juventus played Roma, uh, hopefully um, Mourinho's still the coach of Roma because he's something, you know, it's just a, you pay for a ticket to go and watch yeah. the antics on the sideline. But I would, you know, hopefully, you know, if Juventus do come, there's a big Juventus following in, in Australia. And I know there's, it's quite a big following in Perth. And uh, there's a bit of rivalry, you know, especially in our family. We've got everyone supports a different club, you know. So uh, I'm the <laughs> Juventus supporter. We've got a Milan supporter and we've got an Inter supporter. But, you know, Milan-Juventus uh, game would have been a fantastic result here. But uh, Roma, you know, there's a lot of Roma supporters here, Pete. I don't know, you know, there's a large contingent of uh, Rome uh, people that have migrated from there to Australia and they're very good supporters of the game. So uh, let's hope that, you know, the rumours are true. And I know Rita would uh, love to see two Italian teams here and her, you know, her, her children play soccer as well. So she has a bit of soccer, you know, in her blood. And uh, hopefully the government supports it because I think it'll be very well supported at Optus Stadium. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us, Gary. Uh, all the best to Thanks. you and your family for Christmas and the New Year. And we'll keep in touch. All the best, Peter. Hope to see you in the New Year. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Gary Morocchi with his thoughts on the Perth glory and uh, that story that was broken actually on Sports Day WA a few weeks ago about those two Italian clubs coming to play here at Optus Stadium in the middle of next year. Uh, that's all thanks to Nutrien Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. We'll take a break and have a look at what's been happening in sport on the other side of this break here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Now for Irrigear. Irrigear is here to save time and water. Let's have a look at some of the sports happenings. And the AFL has been urged to limit the number of contact training sessions allowed in time for the 2025 pre-season and also hire independent doctors to assess players who receive head knocks by the Victorian coroner in his findings into the death of former player Shane Tuck. 
Now, the state coroner, John Kane, made the recommendations among 20 contained in the findings aim to limit the risk of significant head trauma to players in the men's and women's game. Certainly Patrick Cripps, uh, the captain of the Carlton Football Club, had to say this on SEN where he says he trusts the AFL and doctors that they're doing the right thing regarding concussion. In the last, I'd say, five years especially, the AFL and the clubs have put a lot of protocols around protecting the head and um, I think when you play a contact sport, you're never going to get it perfect. So... Um, I think there's been a lot of trust in the AFL and clubs to, to monitor um, and protect players as much as they can. So um, I think that that I think that question is going to be getting asked for, for as long as this game goes. But I feel like every year the clubs and the AFL um, are working really um, hard together to, to make sure that we not only play a great brand of footy, but make sure um, our health is sort of number one as well. Well, the former Northampton product, West Australian, and now, of course, one of the mainstays of the Carlton Football Club, Cripps was also asked if independent doctors should make concussion decisions. Yeah, look, I'm not sure. That's the first I've heard of that. Um, I think if it, if, it, um, if it protects a player, but I think we've got a lot of... I think we've got a lot of trust in our, our medical staff that they make the right call based on um, our symptoms. So um, they, they'll never put us out there at risk. So that's Patrick Cripps. Congratulations to Conu Rosie, of course, yesterday announced as the new Port Adelaide captain. He spoke on Nine News in Adelaide last night about getting the nod as the leader of the playing group. For me, it was the longer the better. I want to be here for my entire career and now I can focus solely on um, doing what it takes to, um, to take the club to some success. I haven't been a captain of a senior football club before, so um, I'm excited to evolve into to whatever leader that takes me to be. It's probably the best case scenario for me personally to have um, best best mate as right hand man. Yeah, very grateful and honoured, and yeah, I'm looking forward to being his right hand man. And yeah, he's a boss, so I'll just do what he says. <laughs> he he has got that little step ahead of Zach, I think, with the maturity part that he likes to handle. Zach and sometimes sometimes can blow up a little bit easier than the other. There you go, Ken Hinckley, the coach of Port Adelaide, having his say right at the end. Connor Rosie appointed captain and signing a mega eight-year deal at Port Adelaide. He also went on to say on the excitement uh, that he has about getting involved with the young leadership group. I'm just excited really just to get into next season. Um, obviously made some pretty major changes with our leadership group and um, I, think, I think we can bring a, a bit of excitement and young energy to the group and hopefully take us uh, to some success over the next few years. And as we leave football, let's go to tennis where Alex Demonor will head into the Australian Open as a dual Newcomb medal winner after being awarded for his most consistent season, yeah, with Australian tennis's highest individual honour. Demonor claimed the award outright for the first time last night after previously sharing the 2018 award with Ash Barty, and he joined some of the greats of Australian tennis as a multiple winner. The 24-year-old won the award named after tennis great John Newcomb ahead of Storm Hunter, Rinky Hijikata, Alex Popperin, Matt Ebden and Max Purcell. Hey guys, uh, I'm very sad uh, I wasn't able to attend the Nukes this year and I'm extremely grateful for this amazing award. This is uh, one of those awards that uh, as a kid you, you want to do everything in your power to achieve and I'm extremely grateful for having uh, such a great year to be able to have this uh, great award. Uh, 
not only myself but the whole of Australian tennis has had an incredible year. So much to look forward to, so much uh, improvement and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yes, congratulations to Alex Demonor winning the John Newcomb medal last night. And as you heard, uh, couldn't be in attendance as you are with a professional tennis player very much uh, overseas for most of the time. That update for Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water, Irrigear is here. The Perth Wildcats, well, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. All you need to do is just check their website and jump on board with the Red Army for the remainder of this season. This is Sports Day WA, the final one for the year, all thanks to Kia, the EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Tormart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. We'll take a break and wrap it up after this here on SENWA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back. Uh, As we mentioned, this is it for Sports Day WA for 2023. Uh, And what a year it's been. And we've covered it all here on the program. Monday to Thursday from 5 o'clock. We've had the Eagles' woes during the course of the AFL season. The Dockers didn't deliver what everybody expected. We had uh, the West Coast fever when it came to netball, falling short of what we expected maybe to get to a grand final. As we know, the Perth Wildcats and the Perth Glory are in action, and hopefully when we come back next year, late January, early February next year, that their seasons are really on track and they're heading towards maybe a finals campaign. A heck of a season, hasn't it, Uh, in cricket? Just recently, we won the ODI Cricket World Cup Australia after losing the first two games of that tournament. The F1 Grand Prix was one of the early events of the year. Max Verstappen, who was just dominant in the Drivers' Championship in Formula One this year, took off the Australian Grand Prix around Albert Park. We had the NRL Grand Final, where Penrith Panthers won their third in a row, a three-peat. The classic AFL Grand Final, Collingwood against Brisbane, and the Magpies have recorded what was a famous victory. It all started, and we'll be covering it here on the SEN Network in January. Next year is the Australian Open, and almost 12 months ago, Novak Djokovic, after being expelled the year before, came back and took out the Australian Open Men's Singles Championship and the Women's Singles Championship went to Anya Sabalenka. And we wish him the best of luck in the 2024 version. Drama with the Wallabies, as we know, failing to get out of the pool stage for the first time in World Cup rugby history and the demise of Eddie Jones. And only in the last couple of days has Eddie decided to return to Japan to take over the national team there. Gee, that was a a lot of smoke and mirrors and theatre around the Wallabies and Eddie Jones. But probably the most significant event, and I think it, it captured the imagination of Australia as a nation, was the FIFA Women's World Cup. And what an event that was. Broke record after record after record when it came to attendances, television audience, and just the euphoria and interest in that event during July and August was something that I think a lot of people will remember for a long time to come. That dramatic penalty shootout against France and unfortunately that loss to England 
in the semi-finals. But it was a terrific event. It's been a terrific year. Thanks for spending it with us. Uh, thanks to my support team headed by my executive producer, Jimmy Williams, and all my panel operators from Brian, from Asher, from Paul Heath. Uh, and also thanks to Hida for filling in with the program in recent days while I was away. And also a big thank you to our naming rights sponsors, the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and my friend Ian Peterson and the happy team at a great WA business, Toolmart being the complete tool centre and serving WA for over 45 years. Thanks to everybody associated with Toolmart and also with Kia for being our naming rights sponsors. It's been very much appreciated by myself and all the SEN WA family. Have a terrific Christmas. All the best for the new year. Stay safe and enjoy spending it with your family and loved ones. And all being well, I look forward to your company again in 2024.